just press record and make sure you have it down. <laughs> That's what I've learned in so much of my creative output and uh, creative endeavors. Just make sure you press record before you do anything, even if it's just a warm-up. The reason is because it might just be your best take. Wednesday, January 26th, 2022. I'm Stephen Sersky. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for finding this here podcast, uh, this daily audio blog that I post uh, from Monday to Friday. You know, I was thinking about automating this little spiel. I'm not sure if it'd work, though. I don't, I don't think this format uh, sort of lends itself to, um, you know, an opening intro uh, and exit, like an ending at all. I think it would lose its charm. Whatever charm it has, it would lose some of that. Uh, at least I think. I don't know. It, it's an idea, but uh, uh, no, nah, I think these are more like voice memos than, uh, compared to anything else. It's uh, not meant to be a very polished podcast at all it's very much meant to be sort of you know this is what's going on this is what I'm thinking uh, and hopefully it's a little bit inspiring and uh, a little bit educational I do target a lot of my, uh, my my spiels towards people who live overseas and uh, particularly to people who are uh, within the like sort of ESL industry because that's basically what I'm involved in these days uh, and of course people who are uh, interested in the arts and life overseas as an expat. Like if it, I know, I know with this pandemic, um, the expat life has sort of been uh, disrupted, and uh, not just for like us English teachers, but uh, if you've talked to any number of, uh, like for example, Chinese people, I think one of the most common responses you're going to hear nowadays, like, and this is only within like the last year or so, is like, oh well, I lived in, pick a place. Boston, New York, Los Angeles, London, for eight years, six years, two years, 12 years, and I came back last year. Crazy to think. Like we, so it's not just us expats who are, can I say, stuck? Although I'm not sure if I'm stuck because I chose to stay. And I know a lot of the people uh, who uh, I know here still in China many of them chose not to leave the country, even when uh, the pandemic was just breaking out. Likewise, the Chinese expats, the former Chinese expats, who have lived overseas for so long, they only repatriated within the last year, two years. So, I mean, this is my target audience. I haven't, uh, it might be that I haven't, uh, I haven't really looked, to tell you the truth, but um, it would be interesting to find sort of a uh, um, an, an expat um, podcast dedicated to people who sort of, li who have lived overseas, who are living overseas, but dedicated towards like the, not, not the Westerner so much, dedicated to uh, the people who live in their, uh, like within their own sort of communities. And the reason I, I, I ask this is because so much, so many of the podcasts you search for are basically, I mean, they're either business focused towards like some sort of product or service that they want to sell, or they're sort of recorded yik yaks. And I'm, I'm guilty. I have one too, <laughs> um, for which I am planning several interviews next week. So uh, uh, that's, I mean, 
but there's nothing I haven't are there podcasts dedicated to the other expat communities and what do they talk about that that would sort of be my interest it's something I've never really looked into um, and this is my fault my own fault for not sort of researching these things uh, but uh, certainly an interesting question and it gives a new perspective to like you know the word expat uh, I, I mean I and I'm sort of reminded of this article I wrote a blog post I wrote years ago will Chinese ever be a global language like English and I guess if you spliced and diced it enough, you could argue that it actually is because, you know, there are Chinese uh, Chinatowns all around the world. But my point in that article was, would it be a language of exchange? Would it be something where you could walk down any street in the world and reasonably uh, ask or find out directions or somehow... Uh, get the information that you need without knowing too much of the local language. English serves that purpose right now. I mean, it's granted it's mainly because the last two empires uh, that we've seen uh, in the world uh, were English speakers. I mean, that of the United Kingdom, Britain, uh, and uh, the United States. And it continues to this day. Now, a lot of people are arguing, you know, the death of the United States, death of the dollar, death of this, you know, the United States is on decline, uh, China is on the incline. Uh, you know, my uh, my own studies in the Chinese language, I don't think it'll be the Chinese language. I, I just, it's, um, it's not possible. It's, of, of course, I mean, anything's possible, I suppose, but I'm reminded of, like, the reason why Esperanto sort of never really took off, uh, and it's because... You were, you were teaching people a language that they didn't need to learn. And it was very similar to Latin grammar and very similar to English, but no one actually used it day to day. The problem with the Chinese characters, or the Chinese language, is the characters, is that not everyone uses them. They use the spoken language, but they don't use the characters. And it's very hard to replicate the same flexibility of what the English language presents with something like the Chinese language. Anyway, so uh, that was sort of a bit of a thought process I had today uh, in my um, rather lonely uh, day at work. Apparently, I'm the only one of the few people who are working, who's working this week. Everybody else seems to have the time off or they're working like shortened hours or something. I don't know why I'm so lucky to have the full day to myself. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's all good. Not minding it too much. Um, it gives me a good structure to the day. I was up early this morning to do my workout. I dogged through it, uh, only because I actually did a mishmash, um, with, I am finding it hard to get going. Like I'm still not able to get up and get going before six. It's very difficult because the, the type of workouts I've been doing up until, you know, I started doing these morning workouts where high-intensity interval trainings and things like that. Um, I'd use medicine balls and things like that. I don't... Like it's What I'm asking my body to do in the morning is to wake up and with minimal coffee intake and with minimal inspiration, like, and by inspiration I mean like um, push to get out of bed uh, from a fully deep, relaxed state, 
and go into a 180 BPM heart rate um, workout. I mean, is that even healthy? I was sort of wondering this this morning. I was kind of going, I don't know if I should do this. Now, I think one thing that I will be working on this year or the, over the next little little while at least is moving forward that get up time to 5.30, uh, 5.30 proper, like up and then doing what I got to do by, five, you know, before six sort of thing. So still giving my myself that half hour of wake up time, but then being able to get get into it and get going. Part of the reason uh, I do find it difficult to get up in the morning is because I do go to bed quite late. And I mean, even with only getting six hours of sleep, and I do like the idea that I could probably do five hours of sleep if the quality of sleep is very good. And so that that's sort of become one of my big motivators these days uh, to have everything sort of arranged before I go to bed. Um, and simplifying a lot of my, my morning routines is so that when I do go to bed, it's very simple to get up and get going. And I don't have to fuss about all these different things. I mean, that's why I eat raw vegetables for lunch. It just takes away thinking about what to prepare for lunch. And I can do this in three minutes, right? Not even. Boiled eggs, same thing. It's like the reason I had boiled eggs for breakfast at, you know, at 9.30, 10 o'clock is because it just takes away thinking about what am I going to eat? Oh, can I get it today at the store or whatnot? I mean, it's that thought process is gone. It frees my mind up to think of some other things. One of the things that holds me back on Mondays currently, and is kind of holding me back, sorry, holding me back on Wednesdays, and is kind of holding me back on Mondays, is I'm thinking about my workouts. And this is what's also preventing me from getting up. Friday's a little bit different, because Friday I have my workout planned. But today, like Wednesday, I don't know exactly what the workout should be. I actually have three or four different workouts I want to try, and I'm not sure how long I it will take me to do all of them. So, And if I have to get going to work, since I'm still going to the office to work, it becomes an anxiety-inducing sort of, I don't want to do this because I don't know if I'll be able to get it done properly. And that that feeds into the night before where I get anxious about it because I'm going, ah, I got to get to bed, I got to get up, I got to do this, I got to go, I got to go, got to go. And that's not what I was aiming for when I wanted to start waking up early. I did not want that anxious knot in my chest of doubt before, like at the start of my day. It's probably the last thing I wanted. Right? I'm trying to get rid of that. I mean, and I didn't have it before I started waking up. So it's when I'm waking up now, earlier in the morning, trying to get this workout in. Could I modify the workout? Could I change it up? And so with Monday, what's happening is that I just don't want to go for my weighted runs anymore. I'm fine. I'm, maybe I'm getting bored. Maybe I'm getting tired of it. You know, it's, it's like same old, same old. How do I make it any more interesting? It's the only day that I actually really go running with any sort of weight. So it's something I'm looking at. How can I further simplify my morning? It's pretty simple as it is. How can I change up my routines? How can I change up my, my workouts? How can I make them more effective so I'm not anxious and I'm not dreading getting up? Not, not that I really dread getting up, but it is that waking up with that anxious knot going, oh, I, gotta go. I, I have to go now because if I don't, every minute I sit here 
is one minute less I have on the other side of the hour when I need to be getting out of the door and towards work, right? So it's a bit of an issue. Now, this part of it is uh, maybe one of the reasons I'm reading J.P. Getty's books, book again, How to Be Rich, uh, but he talks about the habits of uh, some of the successful business people he knew in his day. And a lot of them, it seems like a lot, all of them basically lived their work. It, he, he, I think I've uh, written about this before where he states, like, if you're going to run your own business, there's there's no such thing as a five-day work week. There's no such thing as a 40-hour work week, 48-hour work week. There's weekends or, you know, vacations. I mean... That's the luxury of your employees that you reward them with for doing your job. <laughs> and he goes on to talk about like all the different aspects that you need to learn, not even learn, that you need to know about if you're going to run your business. And he says some of the best advice that he got is like, if you're not, if you don't want to deal with the headache of running your business, then shut it down. Or sell it to someone who does. Right? That is basically the argument. And that is, it's such a powerful statement because it really does sort of just tell you uh, like, are you up to what you're thinking of doing? Same way like getting up and working out. Like, if you don't want to do it, then why would you bother talking about it? Why, I mean, why would you buy the equipment? You can buy the equipment to inspire yourself, but you got to use it. Right? So, I mean, yeah, so it's it's got to push yourself, especially with this business. I can't help but think that times were obviously a lot different uh, back in J.P. Getty's days. Like he's, we're talking like thirties, forties, fifties. That, that's when a lot of stuff uh, that when he was very active in the uh, oil industry. And, and fast forward to like the ESL industry. How do you apply that? I mean, I'm looking at this going. As it is, as an expat, and the current job I'm in, and I'm not even sure if the company would hate me for saying it, but like the job I have now, it's not a permanent job. And I think one of the reasons is, I think everyone can see it, it can be automated. Maybe not right now, but it could be automated within the conceivable future. They might not want to. The employees, such as myself, might not want it to be automated because it would take our paycheck away. But... And one of my criticisms that I've often sort of leveled at others, companies, at, but it's fully pretty much put upon me. It's like, well, what are you doing to prepare for that, that chance, that inevitability? Which is what brings me to Python, brings me to you know, doing uh, sort of projects like this, even the podcast, learning about these different uh, production aspects, just in case. Actually, not even just in case, in preparation for in preparation for one day, I know uh, there's going to be another job change. Regardless of whether or not the job goes, but it's going to change again. I'm going to change places more than likely. And so what am I going to do next? So I got thinking. I got thinking about well, what would make my life easier if I were to return to teaching English. Like actually in a full-on classroom, because right now I'm in a little bit of a different uh, situation. I deal with a lot of clients one-on-one. It's small groups. Um, it's not such a uh, um, big big issue at the moment, but the uh, 
the idea is to keep on sort of, uh, what would you say? Um, how can I make, what part of teaching English to a group or in some other aspect could I, could I automate? What could I do to make my life easier? <laughs> First thought, I'll tell you, podcast. Why am I not recording a podcast for ESL learners? I mean, there's no shortage of them. Don't get me wrong. There's there's lots of them out there. I was thinking of it like, well, even with these podcasts that I'm recording right now, could I take snippets? You know, we always, as English teachers, we always talk about, oh, well, you know, we have to have real life situations for the students, real life conversations. Well, guess what? You make a podcast targeted towards the native naturalized English speaking population surely you got to be if especially if you're an educator surely you have to have some portion of that you can pull out and create your own podcast create your own material from you are I am the creator of my own materials of the authentic materials that so many of us sort of want to have in the classroom that would keep our students interested so yes this was an idea. I haven't acted on it upon uh, act, haven't acted on upon it yet, just yet, in creating a a new um, podcast dedicated to ESL um, learners specifically. But it, it can't just be like you know how to use this grammatical construct because I think a lot of that stuff can be gotten, can be taken and learned from textbooks. I think it has to be targeted educational entertainment and this, they threw this term around when i was in south korea so many years ago edutainment and i think one of the things would be sort of targeting that intermediate group you know that that part where you where you've learned all you can from like your teacher a lot of it and your beginning years you've been forced through this you've been force fed all this uh, uh grammar and the vocab and then you become a working person or like a mature student, how do you keep the inspiration, the motivation to keep going? So that's what I would sort of be looking at, which would supplement whatever classes that I'm teaching. And then, the, you know, the idea would be like it's an extra service to my students. Whether or not I have an extra website dedicated to it, I don't know. I think it sort of goes without saying. If you're an ESL teacher nowadays, if you're a teacher of any sort, Nowadays, I think just for your own peace of mind, you can back up your lesson plans on your website. Seems like a pretty good idea. All this sort of was going through my mind as I was reading yesterday. I was reading this um, um, John Paul Getty's book um, about the sort of the habits that he's seen these executives have, these people have. And one of them is, I mean, you got to cut costs where you can, and you can't cut costs just by cutting costs. You got to cut costs because you know where costs can be cut. For example, I mean, nowadays you can get free web websites, free blogs. You don't need to pay for a website. You can put one up anytime you like. Use that. And if you can't monetize it with ads, well, you can monetize it other ways. Put a contact number, Twitter, social media. I mean, Google Docs, it's all free. You can cut all your costs. Like, literally, all you need is a device and an internet connection. I'd like to think that it can be done anywhere in the world. Can it be? I don't know. That would be probably the ultimate question and is what I was sort of getting at yesterday 
if I moved from Beijing? Would I have the same luxury of internet connection that I do here? A little bit, uh, a little bit of a question to answer, I guess. As I mentioned before, uh, a couple of uh, guests are being lined up currently for my big cast. Uh, hopefully next week I've contacted a few people, and it seems like uh, people, some will have some uh, free time to spare over the Spring Festival the coming uh, next week or so. So hopefully within next couple of weeks. And I think what I'll do uh, is actually um, I will, I, I'm going to record the episodes and I'm going to release them later. So that way, I mean, they're going to be recorded on a certain day, but then that means I can take my time publishing them two, three weeks after. I don't feel the same obligation, the same uh, need to push them through the pipeline as quickly as uh, as I was before. So if anything, it's going to be like, you know, the live show, like a tour of sorts, like back in the gigging days that I had, uh, where you sort of batch your shows together, do a couple, and then you um, release the uh the the uh the spoils from it i guess <laughs> uh you release the assets later on so that's uh that's certainly coming up and the other thing uh to get back to the my opening volley volley of a comment there i'll just press record yeah i've posted two new tracks you can check those out uh stevensersky.com january 25th and january 26th uh so i've tried this time to do some strings work cinematic strings cinematic orchestra strings uh the 25th uh, that was yesterday that did a lot of the autoplay feature on GarageBand I wanted to try it out never really done it before uh, I was kind of impressed with the uh um with the output although it is kind of very one-dimensional it wasn't changing and I'm I'm sure there's a way to change it I just haven't figured it figured it out just yet but there that one's done and then today is a, a similar but it's me playing this time not autoplay uh and i think it has much more of a creepy tone to it like horror story or thriller uh as a result i'm not sure what that says but uh it's done which is why i just pressed record and got it over with because we only have what four more days five more days and we're done take a month off and then the next 90 day creative spree starts in march woohoo Folks, I'll leave it there. Show notes and tracks up on my website, stephensersky.com. Thanks for listening. I hope you've uh, gleaned a little bit. And uh, honestly, if you don't have a copy of J. Paul Getty's How to Be Rich, his formulas, I suggest you get one. And for those of you in China, I think I paid 38 kwai for mine, maybe 40. It was pretty cheap. It was like, it was almost like, it's almost worth it just to get it, just to have it. It's not even, I mean, it's not that expensive. I'll leave it there, folks. If you want to get in touch on Twitter, the Steven Sersky, hit me up on my website, stephensersky.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again. Bye-bye.